and you're small. Fellas like that. It'll get better. Sixteen is the worst age. Sometimes Hillary could be very nice indeed. And, of course, Hillary was right. It did get better. Rhea left school and, like her elder sister, did a secretarial course. There were plenty of fellas, it turned out, but she wasn't in any rush. She would travel the world before she settled down to marry. Not too much travelling, her mother warned. Nora Johnson thought that men might regard travel as fast. Men preferred to marry safer, calmer women. Women who didn't go gallivanting too much. When do you think either of us will get married? Rhea asked Hilary. You know the way Mam's always talking about when the time comes. Well, I hope it comes to me first. I'm the eldest. You're not even to consider doing it ahead of me. Hilary was frowning at her reflection in the mirror. I'd love to be able to look into the future and see where we'll be in two years' time. Wouldn't it be great if we could have a peep, said Rhea. Well, go to a fortune teller if you're that anxious. A lot of the girls at work found this great one. It'd make you shiver the way she knows things. You mean you've been to her? Rhea was astounded. Yeah, I have actually. And what did she tell you? Rhea's eyes were dancing. She said I would marry within two years and that I'd live in a place surrounded by trees and that his name began with an M and that we'd both have good health all our lives. How many children? She said no children, Hilary said. You don't believe her, do you? Of course I do. What's the point of giving up a week's wages if I don't believe her? You never paid that. She has the gift. All kinds of high-up people consult her. And where did she see all this good health and the fella called M and no children? In tea leaves? No, on my hand. Hilary, you're serious. You believe it. Rhea was distressed to see the normally level-headed Hilary so easily taken in. Ah, Hilary, a week's wages to hear that kind of rubbish... Where does she live? In a penthouse? No, a caravan, as it happens, on a halting site. You're joking me. She doesn't care about money. It's not a racket, it's a gift. So it looks like I can do what I like without getting pregnant. Hilary sounded very confident. It might be dangerous to throw out the pill, said Rhea. I wouldn't rely totally on Madame Fifi or whatever she's called. Mrs. Connor... And wait until you need to know something. You'll be along to her in a flash. Hilary had office jobs in a bakery, a laundry, and then settled in a school. There wasn't much chance of meeting a husband there, she said, but the pay was a bit better and she got her lunch free. She was determined to have something to put towards a house when the time came. Rhea was saving too, but to travel the world. She settled in a big estate agency on the reception desk. On the first day, Rhea met Rosemary. Slim, blonde and gorgeous. Rosemary was so well up in everything that was happening, Rhea assumed that she must be a graduate or someone with a huge knowledge of the whole property market. But no, Rosemary had only worked there for six months. It was her second job. There's no point in working anywhere unless we know what it's all about, Rosemary said. 
It makes it twice as interesting if you know all that's going on. It also made Rosemary twice as interesting to all the fellows who worked there. There was a sweepstake being run secretly on who'd be the first to score. Rosemary and Rhea laughed over it. It's only a game, Rosemary said. They don't really want me at all. Rhea wasn't sure that she was right. Almost any man in the office would have been proud to escort Rosemary Ryan. But she was adamant. A career first, fellas later. Rhea's mother said that 1982 was a terrible year for film stars dying. Ingrid Bergman died, and Romy Schneider, and Henry Fonda. It was also the year that Hilary Johnson got engaged to Martin Moran, a teacher. Martin was pale and anxious. He was six foot, courteous, and obviously very fond of Hilary, yet there was something about him that lacked enthusiasm and fire. He worried about things and spoke pessimistically when he came to the house for Sunday lunch. The Pope would get assassinated when he visited England. Martin was sure of it. When he didn't, it was just lucky. The war in the Falklands would have repercussions for Ireland, mark his word, and the IRA bombs in London were only the tip of the iceberg. Teachers' salaries were too low, house prices were too high. Rhea looked at the man her sister was going to marry with wonder. Hilary, who had once been able to throw away a week's salary on a fortune teller, was now talking about the folly of making a telephone call outside the cheap times. Never had Rhea seen her so happy. For Hilary, the time had come. She celebrated it by manic frugality. A winter wedding was much more sensible. Hilary could wear a cream-coloured suit and hat, something that could be worn again and again, and eventually dyed a dark colour and worn still further. As a wedding feast, they'd have a small lunch in a Dublin hotel, just family. It would be impossible to be anything but pleased for her, but Rhea knew that it was nothing at all like what she wanted for herself. Rhea wore a bright scarlet coat to the wedding and a red velvet hairband in her black curly hair. She must have been one of the most colourful bridesmaids at the drabbest wedding in Europe, she thought. Next day, she decided to wear her bridesmaid's coat to the office. Rosemary was amazed. Hey, you look terrific. I've never seen you dressed up before, Rhea. Rhea was embarrassed. She felt that she must have been dressed like a tramp before. I'm not joking. You must always wear those knock-them-dead colours. I can't believe you're the same person as yesterday. Rosemary stood in her immaculate lilac suit, her makeup perfect and amazed admiration written all over her. Well, you've really put it up to me. Now I'll have to get a whole new wardrobe. Rhea twirled round once more before taking off her new scarlet coat and caught the eye of the new man in the office. She had heard there was a Mr. Lynch coming from the Cork branch. He wasn't tall, but he had blue eyes and straight fair hair that fell into his eyes and a smile that lit up the room. Hello, I'm Danny Lynch, he said. Aren't you just gorgeous? Rhea felt a very odd sensation in her throat, as if she'd been running up a hill and couldn't catch her breath. Well, hello there, Danny Lynch, Rosemary said with a bit of a smile. You are very welcome to our office. Rhea felt a pang of jealousy. Why did Rosemary always know how to be funny and flattering and warm at the same time? I'm Rosemary, this is Rhea, 
And we were just looking for somewhere to go out and celebrate Rhea's new coat. Great. Well, we have the excuse. All we need is the place and to know how long a lunch break so that I don't make a bad impression on my first day. His extraordinary smile went from one to the other. Rhea couldn't say anything. Her mouth was totally dry. If we're out and back in under an hour, then I think we'll do well, Rosemary said. So now it's only where, Danny Lynch said, looking straight at Rhea. There's an Italian place across the road, Rosemary said. Let's go there, said Danny Lynch, without taking his eyes away from Rhea Johnson. Danny was 23. His uncle had been an auctioneer. Well, he'd been a bit of everything in a small town, and that's where Danny had gone to work when he left school. And now he had just got this job in Dublin. He was as excited as a child on Christmas Day. And where was he staying? Rosemary had never seemed so interested in anyone before. Rhea watched glumly. But Danny looked from one to the other as he told them how he had fallen on his feet. There was this man he'd met, Sean O'Brien, who had inherited a great big house in Tara Road, and he wasn't capable of doing it up. And that's where Danny and two other lads lived and kept an eye on the place. Suited everybody. Number 16 was a great old house, Danny said. Falling down, damp, shabby now but it must have been a great house once. Rhea sat with her chin in her hands, listening to Danny and looking at him and looking at him. He was so enthusiastic. The place had a big overrun garden and an orchard at the back. It was one of those houses that just put out its arms and hugged you. Before the office closed, Rhea went over to Danny Lynch's desk. I'm going to be 22 tomorrow, she said. I wondered...